Welcome to the Nurse Leader Network Podcast with your host, Chris Racinos. Wherever you're going on your nurse leader journey, we're here to help you get there. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Nurse Leader Network Podcast. Today, we have somebody who has done it all. Um, we're going to be talking today to Beth Haney, who is the mayor of Yorba Linda, the past president of the California Association of Nurse Practitioners and owner of Lux Aesthetic Center. Welcome, Mayor Haney. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that got you on. Uh, for everybody that's listening, today is officially Florence Nightingale's 200th birthday. That's right, it is May 12th. And what better time than to sit down and talk about all things nursing, all things politics, all things COVID. So, Mayor Haney, talk to me a little bit about how you became, how did you go from nurse practitioner to mayor? To me, those are like the two opposite ends of, you know, the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, really. I know, politician, right? Um, so I was, like you, like you just mentioned, I was president of the California Association for Nurse Practitioners, and I was on that board for about 10 years. And, it, you know, my terms were all, you know, coming to an end. So my uh, commitment, I was going to about roll off of that board as immediate past president. And at the same time, um, I noticed that three city council seats were up for election and there were two incumbents running and one open seat. And I thought, well, gosh, you know, I, I'm just uh, off the board of of this big organization. You know, we have 22 chapters in California and it was a lot of policy and I had a lot of contacts in Sacramento and knew how a large uh, organization ran. And I thought, well, the a city must be very similar. So I figured I had some good experience. And so I threw my hat in the ring and um, filed papers in August of 2016 and then campaigned almost 24 seven uh, until November, I think it was fourth that in 2016 and, uh, ended up winning. I ended up accidentally unseating an, an incumbent. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So, and they determine that through like the number of votes that you get. And so, um, but it was interesting because I have an aesthetic practice as well in your Belinda, and I've had that practice for 14 years. I've gotten nine employees, three nurse practitioners, one RN, and a couple of estheticians. And we are, you know, really successful there. And so we've been advertising, you know, with our pictures and the magazines, and we've been advertising for 14 years. So I think that the business itself helped, you know, with name recognition and face recognition uh, in my city. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, a resident came up to me and she said, um, gosh, you know, I didn't know you at all when I voted for you. I had no idea what you stood for, but I saw on your ballot designation that you were a nurse. And she's all, that's all it took. I knew I was going to. So because nurses, you know, we are the most, the number one trusted profession in the country uh, for, I believe it's eight years straight or 18 years straight now. And yeah. so yeah, that's why it's it's funny for when you said a mayor is kind of the opposite of a nurse practitioner. It kind of is, but I think uh, more nurses should run for office. So let's let's bring it way back to the time that you served on CANP. 
um, you know, what, how do you, how do you get to do that? So if there's a nurse out there that's like, you know, that sounds kind of interesting. Like where do they even go to even begin that journey? Oh, that's, that's an easy one. So you just, you join your organization, first of all, your professional organization. And for me, it was the California Association for Nurse Practitioners because I was a nurse practitioner, but they also have um, the American Nurses Association. They have the American Emergency Nurses Association. So there, there's multiple nursing organizations that you can join, but your state organization is the one who's going to represent you in your state with your specific policies. So that's the one you would join first, get to know people, go to the conference, um, learn about the organization, and then run for local, like if they have chapters, then run for your, you know, a board seat on your chapter. And then maybe you'll become president of that chapter. And then maybe you'll become a committee member on the state organization level. And then you work your way up from there. How did you, aside from having the experience with CANP, how did you uh, learn the steps that it took in terms of like campaigning and did you, were you able to raise funds or, you know, talk to me about that? Yeah. So if there is a nurse out there who is thinking about running for office, I would love to, to talk to you and encourage you to do it. Uh, it's, it does take a lot of work. And like I say, for me, I kind of had a head start because of my business. Uh, so what's very important is name recognition so if you're known in your community and you have, you know, if you're working in a private practice or in your local hospital and you have a lot of people that live in your city that know you, that's going to be, that'll be helpful. Um, otherwise, you, it takes about a year or year and a half typically to run a successful campaign. And what you're doing is like, for me, my, my journey was very short. It was only three months. But I crammed it all into three months. And basically what you do is you should um, look at hiring a campaign manager, and that costs money. But the campaign manager, you'll want to vet them first, you know, make sure that they're legitimate. And uh, they help you with your, your mailers or your yard signs or the zip codes that you need to to uh, focus on or the addresses in your city that you need to focus on because they have all this information on which address voted, you know, how many times in the last five elections. Cause if they aren't voting, you don't want to waste your time campaigning to that person. They're probably not going to vote this election either. So, oh. you know, there's certain, there's those little secrets like that, that campaign managers have. So I would recommend a campaign manager, but the issue is, is they can be expensive, you know, several thousand dollars, um, depending on your city. I mean, San Francisco and Newport Beach are going to be extremely expensive to run for office. Whereas in your Belinda, we're a small city. We're only, uh, we're just under 69,000 and it costs about 35,000 in 2016 to run. But this year it's probably going to be around 50, 50,000. That's a small small city, something like Newport beach costs about a quarter of a million dollars to run for a council seat. And so fundraising is super important. So you want to fundraise. That's another thing that's very difficult for nurses, nurse practitioners to, uh, to do is ask for money. <laughs> that's very difficult. So you have to get 
you have to kind of get over that and realize that you're asking for money so that you can become elected so that you can make a difference in your community so that you can work for your community. And the, uh, the reason that you need to raise money is because those mailers, that junk mail that you get, that all costs money, but it's all very effective. Even though you think, Oh, it's just junk mail. Someone's going to look at it for two seconds and then toss it. But in that two seconds, they're going to get an imprint of you and what you stand for. And if you say, you know, that you're a nurse or a nurse practitioner, they tend to read it a little bit, a little bit more in depth, but so those cost a lot of money. It was about $10,000 every mailer, uh, you know, every round of mailings, which we did um, three altogether. And then the yard signs, those, those signs that you see up and down your, your city streets during election year, those, um, those are expensive. They can be up to $3 a piece. And uh, so that's expensive. And the, um, you know, when I met with my campaign manager, I was like, okay, I do not want to have those yard signs. They're awful. They're like, (laughs) they're like littering, you know, it's like, all you see is this litter all up and down your, your streets. You've got, you've got 10 or 12 different signs of different people's names, like shoved in this corner. It's like, it just looks so terrible and it's ridiculous. And, and he was like, no, they really work. And so sure enough, uh, what I learned since I became elected, but what I learned was that people perceive those yard signs as the more you have, the more popular you are and the more successful you are. Isn't that interesting? I thought that was weird. That is, that's really interesting, but I can see it. Like when, you know, if you have your face anywhere, like even if it's like, you know, I guess even the back of like a milk carton, I don't know, but you yep. kind of, you're right. It's, it's just kind of that face recognition. And when we get those pictures of people, you know, we, as humans, like we look at people and we see trust and we begin to identify trust versus just a name that never, you've never seen a picture of. Right. Yep. And so the mailers were used with pictures and names, but the, the yard signs are typically just, you know, you'll see the, the last name big because we oh. want people to, to see the name. And so when it comes time to vote, you'll see that name on the ballot and go, gosh, I think I know I that name. Person. Yeah. I recognize <laughs> I'm vote for that one. Wow. What did you have to do in terms of your mindset um, to shift it to going into like, okay, I'm fundraising for a really good reason. It's to help other people. Like, what did it take? Well, I'm still getting used to that. (laughs) It's still still hard. It really is. Um, But now it's like, I've, I've been doing a lot of good work for the city. So it's easier, definitely, but still it's, uh, you know, I don't know of one, well, actually I do know of a couple of people that love asking for money, but I, (laughs) I don't know very many people that, that want to ask for money. But now, you know, I'm realizing with all this work that I've been doing, um, you know, I can kind of reflect back and look at that and go, yeah, that's why I need money to get reelected so I can continue this good work. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I actually know of four people that always ask for money. They're my children. So they might be good. They might be able to help out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. They'd be great people to have on your campaign for sure. Oh my gosh. I love that. Uh, so like, okay, this is like maybe off topic, but like, are you have any plans to write a how to guide or a book or something like that so that you could kind of like infuse in the nursing profession? Like number one, it's your pub- public duty, right? Like that's where the most trusted yeah. profession. It's our duty. But number two, like here is a step-by-step guide figure, you know, for you to do it 
Um, like I can see you doing that and then, you know, becoming the president of the United States. Just uh, <laughs> uh, that is a great idea. That really is. I have not written uh, a book on that, but I, I, yeah, that's a really good idea. I could do like a little a guidebook, but you know what I have done is uh, made this, this type of presentation, you know, on how to run for office at the national conferences. So my PowerPoints are out there somewhere, but um, the state conference, you know, for, for CANP and then, mm-hmm. so the American Association for Nurse Practitioners or of Nurse Practitioners, uh, I've done those, the talks on how to get elected a couple of times each. So, um, yeah, making a little guidebook would probably be, be pretty easy. I've got the foundation for that. Yeah. Or not, like, even, I mean, even if you wanted to go more in depth, I could see it being really part of a nursing curriculum, right? I mean, that we are the largest health profession. We don't use our voice because it's not united enough. And so yeah. giving nurses these skills and, and being able to put them in positions where they can really impact, you know, on huge local and state and national levels, um, you know, I just think it's a great idea. So I, I'll be the first one to buy your book. I want to um, <laughs> autograph though. <laughs> okay. I will let you know when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea because I believe, you know, in my heart and soul that more nurses should run for office, political office. They, you know, there's, we, first of all, we have uh, critical thinking skills. We base our decisions on evidence. Um, we are compassionate. We care about others. We want to take care of people, not just individuals, but, oh my gosh, uh, families and populations and who better really, and I've said this numerous times, but who better than a nurse or a nurse practitioner to to run for office and lead a, a city or a state or the government, you know, the federal government? It's like, I think that we're so valuable. And uh, we we mostly have, I think, I, I, I hardly ever use the words always and never, but I want to say we always have other people's best interests in mind. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And could you imagine what the United States would be if all of our politicians had that on their mind? Right. Yes. It would be a great, great world. (laughs) Oh, man, I love it. So, okay, you're a mayor, you're a nurse practitioner. Um, We're in the year of the nurse and we are smack dead in the middle of a pandemic. What what are your thoughts around that? That is the craziest situation. <laughs> so to be mayor of a city in, you know, during a global pandemic is, I feel like I'm lucky. You know, I, I'm very, very grateful that I'm, that I am the mayor because again, you know, people trust what I say. I say nothing unless it's, it's straight from the CDC or um, uh, the latest evidence. And it's wonderful because I already have a, you know, an understanding of immunology. I'm not an immunologist, but I I have a a nursing and science and medical background. And so none of my other council member colleagues have that. And as a matter of fact, I'm the only nurse practitioner in Orange County that's a mayor and then uh, one of two in California. So we're, I I feel very fortunate to be the mayor at, at this point because I'm able to, to lead the city and, come up with things that make, you know, that are pretty common knowledge for nurses and, and NPs, but maybe city government doesn't even realize that, hey, you know what? Like, for example, a couple of days ago, I asked 
for the city to create a document to post on our website for the on the COVID page, the COVID-19 page on vulnerable populations because they, you know, people don't really know that. All they hear is stay at home and yeah. you know, old people need to stay home. That's what they say. Those aren't my words, but you know, they're just telling, you know, the older people to stay home and it's like, well, wait a minute. It's not just that. So here's a, here's a few more people that really should stay home and, and it, just things like that simple language so that the public can understand it. Cause we're, you know, as nurses, we're used to working with, with families who care for young kids, who care for their maybe aging parents or their grandparents. So it's things like that, that uh, I'm very grateful that I'm, I'm able to, to come up with those ideas and have them run with them and put them on our website. Yeah, I think the city of Yorba Linda is especially lucky to have you during this time because it just um, the the worldview in which you bring solutions to that community, um, it's priceless, right? I mean, so I, I just, for, first of all, I just want to say thank you because I think, um, you know, the work that you're doing is is a lot of times probably really thankless, um, <laughs> but uh, it's so meaningful. And so what kind of work have you done since you've been in the role? It's been since 2016 for the city or who do you work with in terms of, you know, local or state or national folks? So, yeah, so we're, we run um, closely with our county officials. And so the Board of Supervisors, we've done uh, work together, especially now, you know, with our, um, the uh, guidelines that are being formed by the governor and, and how to implement them. And because I'm a nurse practitioner, they uh, put me on to an ad hoc committee for the testing, the COVID testing in the community, because in, in Orange County, where I live, we have 34 cities. And so that is so similar to running the California Association for Nurse Practitioners, which had 22 chapters. Now we have, now I'm dealing with 34 cities, all which have mayors. And so bringing them together to work together and get Orange County healthy has been quite a challenge, but it's, it's very interesting and very familiar to me. So, um, but I've also been on calls with so the Orange County mayors every week, then the United States Mayors Conference, that's what it's called. It's all the United States mayors. Um, that's a call every week. And then the White House puts on a call that I attend. Um, there's the Health and Human Services. There's the Transportation Department, Board of Ed- the uh, Labor Department, Department of Justice, the Department of Defense. I mean, they're all on on these calls, so it's very interesting, and I've I've learned a lot from uh, from a lot of these people. And one one mayor that I learned from, Mike Duggan, he is he was great because he he's the the um, mayor of Detroit, and he he lost half of his police force in his city. So if you can imagine losing half your wow. police force. Yeah, to COVID-19, because what what he said happened was everyone was so concerned about the nurses and the firefighters and the physicians. Uh, You know, we have to get them their PPE and we have to make sure that they have their masks and their gloves and they know what they're doing and all this stuff. And it's like, but they all forgot about the law enforcement. And because if you think, though, nurses and physicians, we've been washing our hands and wearing masks and, you know, using PPE correctly for, since we were all born. Yeah. (laughs) 
So we didn't need that help, but what, as far as like learning how to use it, but the police force needed that help and they had, they didn't have it. They were going into homes. They were, you know, pulling people over. They were becoming exposed in all kinds of ways. And so he lost half of his police force. And so I took that back to um, my city and talked to, spoke with my chief and said, you know, you guys, and this was weeks and weeks ago. And I said, you guys, you know, we need to get, make sure that you're trained. And so then he, he took it to the county because we are the Orange County sheriffs. And uh, then they, they've implemented a plan. Turns out they were working on it about a month before I, I brought that up. But in our city, they weren't, they were lagging just a little bit. So I'm glad that I was able to reinforce that, but it's, it's things like that, that, that I've learned by working with other officials in different levels of government. So it's been really hard. What is the, what is one of the most like shocking things that you've learned since you started or something that you were just like, Whoa, I didn't realize that that's how that was. Um, you mean as far as in politics in general or. Yeah. In politics or in the way like cities run. Gosh, there's a few. Well, Hmm. Something that's shocking, like newsworthy, shocking. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know about like, like maybe not tabloid shocking, but something that as a nurse, like we wouldn't even like have, you know, something that maybe you wouldn't have even thought about as a nurse in terms of like the way our cities run or the way um, I have no idea. I'm just kind of like trying to think like as a politician, I'm sure you see like some really interesting things. Oh yes. So there's, there's, uh, hmm, because now you have to be politically correct, right? I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So there are certain, so, okay. So when you make a decision, no matter what decision you make, whether it is pure 100% evidence-based policy decision, um, no way that anyone in the world could refute you made this decision, you know, like the, it just is completely um, vetted. So your, your decision and the outcome is exactly, you know, what, what it should be. And no matter what, you're going to get people that write to you and say the exact opposite, that you made a bad, big mistake. You know, that, that's something that's interesting because you can't like for us, for nurses, you know, we're, we're taught science and you can't, I mean, you can refute some science, but really, if it's data driven, you can't, it's kind of like, whereas if you have, um, you know, like a health policy or a general policy decision made, you can refute that all day long. So that, that's kind of a, that was an interesting, interesting thing. So you basically make half the people happy and half the people unhappy with every decision you make. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like my everyday life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Um, how, you know, how are you communicating with the, the community? I, I know in New Zealand, the, the, you know, she, their rep there has just been doing things like Facebook lives and just things that you don't traditionally see a leader, um, mm-hmm. a political leader do in terms of getting the information out to their people. What kind of ways are you communicating with the folks of, um, your Belinda? Right. That is exactly right. Um, as far as like new ways to communicate. So, um, with the city. So they, they've never really done like public service announcements. And so this time, you know, during this crisis, we actually did a public service announcement that is on our website, but they also, you know, flooded their Twitter and, um, 
Facebook and Instagram account with the PSA. And so that's, that's one way. And then uh, I've done a few webinars now. One was with the Small Business Development Center, and that's a national organization, but they have county chapters. And so we worked with uh, one of my other council colleagues, Carlos Rodriguez, and Small Business Development Center and did a, a webinar, which was fantastic. Oh, and Assembly Member Philip Chen was also involved. And it was fantastic because we, you know, I brought the local level info and then Assembly Member Chen brought the state level and then the business uh, development um, center provided all this super helpful and free business advice. And they gave, you know, uh, um, a lot of links to, to uh, like PowerPoints that business owners could look at or books that they could download. I mean, it was really good. And then my own, so I have a personal Twitter account um, that I that I put out some some information, not as much as my mayor's Facebook page. That one, I'm almost every day giving updates, summer video updates, because you know, like like we were talking about, we have to think of new ways because people don't want to just keep looking at document after document or text after text. You know, they want some kind of video presence, and so I've been doing a lot of those. And that's, awesome. uh, that's about it. Have you got on TikTok yet? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's funny. I know you, it's funny, but you know, it like really appeals to millennials. Like I, I, um, it's so funny cause I, I opened an, up an account for this, um, for the nurse leader network. And like, at first I was like, Oh, you know, it's, you know, my daughter uses it. Right. So I was like, Oh, it's a teenage thing. And then I started seeing the videos and I was like, hooked. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> My husband's like, can you get out of the bathroom off TikTok? And, you know, I'm just like literally in there just so I can watch TikTok alone without the kids bothering me. Um, and it's so funny. And there's like all kinds of videos about like how the pandemic has forced all of the, the millennials to like join in. And we've taken over TikTok. And now all the teenagers yeah. are mad about it. And it just is what it is. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. And my husband discovered it long before I did. And, and he's like, I got to show you this video. I have to show you. <laughs> what? And some of those people are so talented. Oh, I know. I know. It, oh. The things that I see, I'm just like, it's like better than Hollywood. Oh, totally. <laughs> Very entertaining. You mentioned the small business webinar. Is Did they record it or is there a link that yes. I can put in the show notes uh, to share with folks so they can look if they have a small business? Oh, sure. Okay, great. So I'll include that in, in the show notes. And then uh, the next question I was going to ask is, you know, I can imagine I'm a nurse executive. And so I know, you know, when all of this happened, I think I did a, I think the total amount of days that I worked straight was something like 48 or 40 or something like that. And, you know, like some of the days are like 18 hour days or like no less than 10 hour days. And so I can imagine as a mayor, when you're just trying to get everything in place that it's the hours are long. Can you share with us uh, maybe like what were some of your strategies for keeping well? What did you do to, to make sure that you you know, stayed in a good place going through all of this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So well, uh, the city has gone remote. So now we do our council meetings via zoom. And then, so city hall is closed to the public. We only have a few, um, staff at city hall. And then with my business, I close, you know, we closed the business except for now we're doing, uh, just several hours, three days a week 
uh, curb, you know, retail where, where you can call, pay for it. And then we hand it to you, you know, outside or what have you. And then, um, you know, just getting enough sleep for sure. And I'm, I'm living by my clock. I tell you, it's, it's, uh, I have meeting after meeting, you know, it seems like phone call after phone call. I've been doing lots of interviews, especially now because my nursing colleagues have been reaching out for the past week because it's nurses week. Um, and then, uh, I also make time. This is going to sound crazy, but I try and schedule a nap almost every day. <laughs> oh, wow. That doesn't mess with your sleep when you at night. No, see, I'm one of those people that I could, I could probably, as I look down on the floor right now, I could probably lay there and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I have no problem sleeping. And so, I think my, mine is like, I would take a nap and then I would wake up the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's so funny is I have to set the alarm. Otherwise I could, could sleep. <laughs> but that, that really helps me. And then exercise, you know, I, I exercise regularly, go out for a run. Um, I have to, and I think it's important for all nurses, anyone really is to, uh, you've got to make time for yourself. If you're constantly caring for others and getting inundated with, um, demands from others. It's like, you, you know, that really wears on you, even though you can do it. And we, you know, us nurses, we're tough for sure, but I, you know, it, it starts adding up. And I think we, we really do need to do a better job of taking care of ourselves. Yeah, I agree. And to all the listeners that are on the line right now, um, if the mayor can make time to exercise and sleep, you need to figure out how to make time to exercise and sleep. Yes, I agree. <laughs> So what are your plans? What do you, I mean, so um, you said that you're working on the reelection. What, you know, what do you have like a kind of path in terms of where you want to land um, or, you know, what your next gig might be? So that's a, that's a really common question. And uh, city council is, has been used historically as a stepping stone to go for a, a supervisor seat or a state position or others, you know, um, the employment development department, um, all kinds of, of other positions. Uh, but you know, what's, what's so nice is that working at the city level, I it's, you know, these are my, my people, these are, this is my neighborhood. This is my community. And so I know so many people and I love my city and, and your Belinda is just, it's so beautiful. And, uh, I don't want to, to leave, you know, I, I, I don't want to live in Sacramento, you know, nine months out of the, out of the year to be an assembly member or a Senator. And I don't, I don't want to live in Washington, DC to be a um, Congresswoman. You know, I, I, my heart is, is in your Belinda. And I mean, who knows what the future is going to hold, but I'll tell you what, it costs millions of dollars to run for a higher office. And it's, you are doing a lot and a lot and a lot of campaigning. So I'd, I'd rather do more good work at a local level and uh, watch what happens. You, know, you can see what happens when you when you approve a new public library, for example, to be built. I'm watching our new public library being built right now. And so really, it's really gratifying. It's it's wonderful to to work at, at the city level. I love it. So. That's really great insight. And I, I agree with you. It's really nice to be able to see like where you live, work, shop, grow, um, mm -hmm. your family member, like just kind of see the impact you have on like 
your people, like where you grew up, yep. you know? Yes, for sure. How is the community handling the, the shelter in place? You know, today it was just announced that it's likely to be extended through July. So that was not California, I don't believe. I think that was L.A. County. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It was yeah. L.A. County. So, yeah, the L.A. mayor decided that he wants to extend the shelter in place for another three months or something. And people are going crazy over here. <laughs> so uh, our our Orange County has no plans of doing anything even remotely close to that. We are sticking with the state guidelines, which which right now they're working. Our numbers are great. Orange County has great numbers right now. Um, but as soon as the governor is starting to loosen restrictions, we, you know, Orange County is also going to be loosening restrictions. And so the city, like I may have mentioned before, is bound to the county, which is bound to the state. So we can't move any more, uh, we can't move in advance of anything that the governor says or that the county guidelines provide. So, but we can become more strict like, in other words, uh, one of the cities in Orange County has mandated that everybody in any store wear masks. You know, they're, they're, they passed that ordinance in their city, which the state has not mandated that. So they're going more restrictive, whereas your Belinda has not, you know, we have not instilled anything more strict than, than what the governor's guidelines are. Uh, okay. Yeah, in Los Angeles, I live in Los Angeles, and oh. we, um, we, we're wearing masks. Now it's to the point where my two-year-old, like even in the house, she wants to keep her mask on. She thinks it's like oh. this wonderful thing. I know it's it's kind of cute. And at the same time, I'm like, oh, poor baby doesn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to be careful with uh, with older people um, and, uh, you know, people that have lung compromises or the, you know, people that are under two years old, they, they shouldn't really be wearing masks. You know, it's like because it's they're rebreathing that carbon dioxide. So it's like, oh, my gosh, it's. You know, there's science on both sides, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's really true. So what would you tell a nurse, uh, for those nurse leaders that we have on here, you know, to take as a first action step? They've, they've heard a bunch of information around politics, around, um, you know, your own organization, um, around the impact they could have. What What is the one thing that a nurse could do today to start their journey into policymaking? So policymaking, you can join your your state organization. That's number one. Uh, if you wanted to go into elected office, you'd want to first and foremost figure out why you want to do it. And then that is going to be your message. And you want to be very clear and concise with your message because that's what people, that's what's going to resonate with people. And so that's the very first thing. And the second is ask your family <laughs> if that if that is something they would be able to support you in, um, because your family is who's going to be helping you. They, you know, like my husband, he is the one who he worked right alongside me twenty four seven to get to get my campaign to make it successful, um, and then just start doing the steps. Start. Um, looking around, doing your, doing your research, go to your city, go to your city website, check it out, see, see who's in office now, see how they compare to you, see what, what skills you have to bring to the office. That's, that's where I would start. Definitely. And then you could hire your camp, your campaign manager. 
um, and go from there. Talk to your friends. Talk to, you know, what I did too, I forgot to mention was when I was thinking about running, I actually made appointments with the city council members and the mayor one at a time and kind of just talk to them, see what, you know, see what, what they were doing and what they thought of it, if they liked working at the city, you know, and, and uh, just kind of start, start getting out there. Those are great tips. When you said um, they should think about their why or why they want to get into it, are there any things that are come top of mind that are like red flags? Like if you had a why that was ABCD things, that would be a red flag that maybe you shouldn't be a running for office. Oh, um, the big red flag is, especially at the city level, uh, don't do it for the money. (laughs) (laughs) That is a big red flag. As a matter of fact, some city council members and mayors are volunteers. They do not get paid anything. And so you'll, yeah, you'll definitely want to, want to find that out, you know, but, but if you're doing it for the money, don't do it. Same with nursing. If you're doing nursing for the money, forget it. Don't do it. You're not going to be good at it. Yeah, I agree. I've met many nurses that um, went into it to, to fund their, their life while they did what they actually wanted to do. And it was just, you know, not always the best situation. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, uh, Mayor Henny, if, if folks want to find out more about you uh, or find out more about, you know, your, your, either one of your, your business or your policy work, where can they find you? Oh, they can. So on Facebook, I think you're, are you going to, yeah, I think you have those links, those things, yep. but, but you can also email me anytime at B Haney at your Belinda ca.gov. And I get everything. Email. I get them all and I, you know, I have an assistant that helps, but um, yeah, if I see any from any nurse colleagues, I will definitely answer back. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And happy nurses week to all of you. Amazing nurses. Thanks, Mayor Henny. Thank you so much. It was great. 